And we are on. You're listening to The Split Decision. I am your host, Rob Aguilar. And uh, we are going to have Misha Tate on the phone with us. And Misha has a big fight coming up August 18th on Showtime on the undercard of Kaufman versus Rousey. So you do not want to miss that. And uh, so we're going to take a quick 30-second break. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to The Split Decision. I am your host, Rob Aguilar. And do not go away. And we have Misha Tate on the phone with us. Misha, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you have your fight coming up August 18th live on Showtime where you're going to take on Julie Kedzie. That's right. This is going to happen on the undercard of Rousey versus Kaufman. It's actually Showtime Extreme to be um, precise. My fight will be on Showtime Extreme and then the main card will be on Showtime. For some reason, every time that Rhonda's name comes up, your name comes up right after that. And I think maybe it's this build up to a really interesting feud. It could be like maybe the start of like a trilogy of fights to come, which is very exciting. And I'm wondering, how does a fighter come back from a loss? Like, how do you prepare yourself mentally now going forward into this fight on August 18th? I had to change some things about myself, you know, really do some soul searching, kind of dig deep and realize that, um, you know, one fight doesn't make or break me and it doesn't define me either. You know, if anything, I think that I learned a lot from it, and I think that I'm a stronger person for it and a better person for it. And what I took away from that loss was, um, you know, I realized that I got right, and I got too wrapped up in kind of, you know, the the emotional aspect of it, and I didn't fight very intelligently. I fought with too much emotion, and it was too overzealous. And, you know, I think that's what cost me to fight more than anything else, and so... I, I've learned to really let myself just let go of things and just not even worry about it, you know? I mean, I'm going to have people that I don't like, and I'm going to have haters, and I'm going to have, uh, you know, other girls trying to come up and cause problems, I'm sure, in the future and whatnot, and I'm just uh, I'm just letting it roll off my back and learning to really just laugh it off, you know? Because um, when you get too serious about things, it, it makes it not fun anymore, so I wanted to uh, put some fun back into the sport because... That's what makes me enjoy doing it. And you make a, a bunch of valid points. Defeats or obstacles that come in our way, if you can learn something from them and take that to your next endeavor, it makes things easier. You're in focus and you're ahead of the game. Exactly. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's like you live and learn. And, um, you know, it was a pretty devastating loss for me, but I was able to pick myself up and say, you know what? this isn't the end of me, you know, this isn't the last time that I'm going to get in a cage, you know, and and so I I took took it um, as positively as possible, and uh, I, I, like I said, I learned a lot from it, I really did, I really learned a lot, and I think when I get out there on the 18th, you know, I'll be able to show people the new me, you know, it's my comeback fight, and I want it to be a good one. That's what I enjoy about fighters who don't let a loss tamper their legacy, some of the best fighters in history have losses on their record. And I hear a ton of fighters all the time brag about, well, I'm undefeated, I'm undefeated. And that's not what makes a champion a true champion. It's the true champion is that champion that after a loss comes back and says, well, that didn't affect me. 
and here I am going forward, taking on whoever that is put in front of me. And that's kind of cool. And I think people can apply that to their daily lives, which is very yeah. admirable. That's exactly it. You know, I mean, it's, it's, winning is easy. You know, I mean, the work you put into winning, um, I mean, the work is the same. Whether you win or lose, you're going to put a lot into it. But winning itself is easy. There's nothing hard about winning. When you win, you feel good. Everything's good. You won. It's great. You got money. You got the fans. You got the you know, whatever, everything's golden. But when you lose, it sucks. And it's, it's a difficult thing. It's, that's what really defines you. Like, that's what I think makes the heart of a champion is how you can take those hard knocks and get back up from them. Like, how do you recover when someone knocks you off your feet? Like, or, you know, it's just in life in general. You know I mean? Everyone has um, problems and things that are hard to move on from. You know, times when people are sad or depressed or whatnot. You know, but it's how you handle those situations and how you come back better for it. And if you come back better for it. Sometimes people let things like that get them down and they never make a recovery, you know. I think a lot of people that may have uh, went through something like I went through, you know, first of all, probably would have tapped sooner, but even if they didn't tap, you know, um, just, you know, having defeat stare you right in the face, you know, it wasn't, it was not easy, you know, and then having to make the recovery from a severe injury and really being down and out was not an easy task, you know, but I did it and I'm very proud of myself to uh, have made such a quick recovery and um, be fighting again at the same time that Ronda has. You know, I really feel like I didn't skip a beat. No, absolutely not. That's what's very impressive. And then getting back to that fight where you held on, you did not tap out. I mean, everyone saw how your arm was bending in the other direction. You touched on another point that I find very interesting. When you're winning, you have all these people around you. And when you lose, I think the people that stick around when you lose are are true friends, are true supporters. And I think you need that sometimes to, to kind of weed out and who will do good by you and then those that are just along because you're on top. Absolutely. That's another big reason why, you know, moving back home where, you know, my original gym that I very first tried – I started training Miss Mars Martha has been a very, very honest and humbling experience, and I'm very pleased to be back here because those are the people that were were there before I was ever anybody. You know, when I was 19 years old, and I all I knew was a little bit of wrestling, and I barely had money to pay my gym dues and things like that. But they worked with me because they cared about me as a person. You know, and um, they're tried and true friends. You know, they'll be there. If I'm the champion again, they'll be there to celebrate. And, and if, you know, I lose, you know, they'll be there to uh, to cry with me but pick me back up, you know. That's, that's awesome. That kind of support system is the kind of support system that I think uh, I need. It's awesome that true friends um, will stick with you, good times and in bad times. Now, I've noticed the, the little feud going on, if we can call it a feud, between you and Rhonda on Twitter. It's entertaining to watch, so it's not only entertaining to, to watch you in the cage, but it's also entertaining to watch you on Twitter and when you go back and forth with her. Is it safe to say that you just don't like her? You don't like Rhonda? Yeah, it's safe to say. I don't care for <laughs> her. You know, I, I mean, I haven't really changed my feelings as far as that's concerned, but um, I'm not with it anymore. You know, the way that I interact with Rhonda now, is, to me, it's more fun. You know, I'm having right. fun with it. I, I poke at her a little bit and poke <laughs> and prod and, you know, make fun a little bit. But but it, in me, it's all in good 
kind of missed about it, and I, well, you know, I didn't really enjoy it, and it was too, too negative, I guess, you know, whereas now I kind of laugh about it. I can't wait to see what her response is, because <laughs> I think it's funny. There was a <laughs> funny picture that you tweeted, I and mean, it's a side-by-side of her doing this yeah. kind of weird pose for ESPN's Body Magazine, and this other one right next to it where it's like this goofy person wearing one of those snuggle things. <laughs> and I don't think she, she liked that too much, but some people can appreciate the humor in that. I thought it was hilarious, and it just kind of... You know what that was off of? That was off of um, Saturday Night Live. I think it was called <laughs> TV. It was the show, like, years ago, and I used to watch it, and it had this character named Stuart in it. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember watching it or... Eric. Yeah, I do, yeah, I do. Off. But it was hilarious, and he used to do this funny little jump where he would be like, he would jump and he'd go, look what I can do, you know, and he'd do something completely with motion, but it looked just like the jump that she was doing in the ESPN magazine, and as soon as I saw that, it just like was a light bulb in my head, I was like, dude, that's so funny, I was like, dude, it's just like Stuart, oh. and so I had, to, I had to make a little fun there and put the two together, because I thought it was hilarious. No, it was. It's like a... It's like a very passive way to, to you know, get your point across. It was very funny, well done. Which takes me to Twitter questions. I know you don't have much time, but some of these are, are very funny and, and kind of goofy. I had sent out a tweet before that I was going to talk to you and if uh, fans wanted to send in some questions. I got a few of them, if you have time. Yeah. <laughs> this first one says, Who is the stinkiest girl that you have ever fought? <laughs> Yeah, I guess someone that has like, I guess, I don't know, body odor or something. I'm thinking that's what they meant, but uh, <laughs> that's one of the questions that came in earlier. That is really funny. That's an odd question. You know, I can't say if I really remember going out into a fight and thinking about someone, the smell of someone, you know. <laughs> uh, I think that's what's kind of nice about girls in general. I think for the most part, we're, we're pretty, pretty cleanly and usually smell good at practice and whatnot, so um, off the top of my head, I cannot remember a distinct moment where it was like, man, this girl reeked, you know, <laughs> but um, that might be interesting, I don't know, that, you know, I wonder if that would have any kind of effect, you know, since, you know, girls naturally are, are expecting us to have smoke it or whatever, right, right, maybe I should the next fight, not shower for the week before, and just be like, all stinky, and then it might work as a strategy. Um, keep pointing it off you. One has a uh, distinct body odor, I'm thinking. I don't know. Yeah, so, you never know. Right. Okay, so this next one is also from a Twitter follower, and they want to know, what do you like to splurge on when you go shopping? Is there something like you're like, wow, I got to splurge. I got to have yeah. this. Well, if it's not cupcakes, um, it would definitely be shoes. I have a thing for shoes. I like heels and I don't know. I mean, any kind of shoes. Uh, running shoes, casual shoes, um, I really enjoy that, but I, I try to limit myself, and I, I end up talking myself out of it a lot of the times, but I always have to check out the shoe section wherever I go, the shoe stores, the shoes, I have to look, I cannot walk by a shoe store and not go into it, and at least look around, um, I like kind of uh, unique shoes, so I'm always looking for one that's like a pair that I just can't live without, uh-huh. but Luckily, I've gotten a little more picky, so I don't spend as much as I used to, but uh, How many... I found that uh, this, this nice new pair is like hot pink and tan, and I've been wanting like a pair of uh, shoes with like hot pink design in them, because I think it, they're fun. So I finally found those hot pink shoes I've been searching for, but uh, yeah. Uh, 
how many pairs of shoes do you think you own? Like, if you had to estimate. Oh, wow. Uh, probably at least, like, 30. Wow. More. <laughs> yeah. So your shoes probably need, like, their own closet. You know, their own separate... Yeah, I have this big bin, like a big bin that I throw them all into because I don't have enough shoe space to put them all out, so... I don't know, and I, and I have a hard time, like, giving, my, giving up, like, my old shoes, too. Like, I get partial to them, uh-huh. so even if I don't wear them anymore, it's like they're still buried at the bottom of the closet, and for some reason, I find uh, peace of mind in knowing that. I don't know. <laughs> I get attached to my shoes. What do you find attractive in a man? Is it good looks or intelligence? Is there one that's more attractive than the other? Well, I mean, looks, I mean, obviously, that's, like, the initial, you know, attraction, um, but... Really, beyond that, I think having a good sense of humor mm-hmm. and uh, being funny, upbeat, you know, I, I like that. And um, also, you know, I realized one thing that is, I've been thinking about this lately, actually, one thing that I find really attractive or I can find really not attractive is someone's laugh. Uh-huh. If a guy has a cute laugh, if it's endearing, it's not like, oh, you know, it's, I really like his laugh, you know, but if it's annoying, uh-huh. it's uh-huh. Because you want to be able to like laugh with someone, you know, like, and, and if they have a really annoying laugh, and it sounds kind of mean, but it's true. It's like, oh boy, like you don't want to hear him laugh. Like, just don't, and nobody make any jokes or anything because I don't want to hear this guy laugh. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Is there anything in your life that you would go back in time and do differently? You know, that's, that's such a that's a double edged sword because it's like, yeah, you know, part of me wishes that I knew what I knew now what I feel I know now, you know, before I fought Rhonda, you know, mm-hmm. and I wish that I would have handled that differently, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, the, the truth is that I didn't know that, and the only way to learn it is to actually go through those, and I think it's character-defining for me to have those those ultimate lows and things like that in life, so it's hard to say, you know, if I change anything that was bad in my life or whatever, you know, that I may not be the person that I am today, and I kind of like who I am, so, you know, I have to Probably not, you know? Wow. Probably not. Not many people can say that. Some people say, oh, well, I would have changed this or that. But taking your approach to life and everything that has happened is, is a lesson one way or the other is, I think, something that people can learn from. What do you consider your biggest accomplishment? But winning the, the belt was definitely a big accomplishment, especially because I went into that fight with um, a torn MCL and uh, some bursitis in my knee and whatnot. And, you know, a lot of people thought that I shouldn't have done that, you know, um, at the time. You know, I had a lot of people telling me, you know, you really shouldn't take the fight. It's not going into a fight not 100% is it's not wise. And they didn't think that it was a good idea. Um, but I was set determined that I was going to do it and I was going to win the fight. And I did it and I won the fight. And that was a very proud moment for me because um, it boiled down to uh, having the right mentality coming out there with a strong mindset and just not only, like, believing I could do it, but, but like, knowing I could do it. And uh-huh. so that was, that was a big moment for me. Um, and then also, you know, one of my proudest moments probably is making the comeback after after the defeat of Ronda. You know, that was a tough thing. You know, a lot of spectators and fans and things like that, they don't get it. They don't understand, you know, they see us as entertainers. They don't realize that we're real people and that that, that hurt you know that really hurt like it really cut me deep and it sucked and it it was not fun and it was hard for me to to deal with you know but it took a lot for me mentally and physically to make the comeback that I have you know in this amount of time 
and then and I had to work really hard on that. You know, and that's something that you know, and now everyone has to work really hard on things every day in their life or struggles and whatnot. But that was definitely a low point for me. But it seems like if I pick myself up and keep putting one foot in front of the other, you know, it's like look where I'm at now. You know, I'm already fighting again. I haven't missed too much time, and I think um, I'm setting myself up for a shot at the title again. And uh, I think a second fight with Ronda and I could be bigger than the first one, you know? So maybe it was, maybe it'll be better, you know? I think it's kind of good that actually she's getting all this attention and all this fame because I think it'll make for a bigger win and a bigger victory for me when I fight her the second time. Absolutely, absolutely. You did exposure. I've discussed this many times with other guests that I'm convinced, judging from your fight, that she has zero chin. Zero chin because she was stunned. You clocked her right in the face. I don't recall right now if it was a jab or maybe a right, but or maybe a combination of the two. And, and she was stunned. If her next opponent, Sarah Coffin, who she's facing, can go back and observe that and use that to her advantage, I don't know. A lot of people aren't giving Sarah a chance in this fight. I don't know what you think about that. Well, you know what? I think that Sarah has a chance. I, I mean, always I think that she could win the fight. I mean, you have to look at her record and what she's done. And, you know, a lot of people automatically discredit because Ronda's on, on such a big hype train, you know, and she's so undefeated this, got this, you know, under her belt and whatnot. But you can't count Sarah out. You know, she's been doing this for a while, too, and she's 15-1. and one. I mean, that says something right there. And sure. stylistically, it's a different matchup than I think um, Rousey has dealt with before. So who's to say how she'll handle that right. kind of pressure? You know, I don't know, you know. Um, but I do think that Kaufman's game plan is a tougher one to execute for 25 minutes than Ronda's is. You know, I think that the odds are against Kaufman in that what she has to do is harder. She has to keep Ronda at a perfect distance at all times in order to not only be, like, productive in being able to, like, punch her and do and, and do enough to win the fight in that sense, but stay far enough away that she can't, you know, she won't get taken down. And that's not easy to do for 25 minutes. It's not. No, no, no. Especially if she wants to look for the knockout, she's going to have to make a commitment to her striking at some point. And when you do that, if Ronda's able to time it to where she can close the distance, that's going to be tough. You know, she's got to really, really pick and choose. She's got to, I think her biggest thing is she has to make it out of the first round. If she can make it out of the first round, you know, then, then we're getting Ronda into new water, you know, something there's someplace she hasn't been yet. She's not familiar with being in the second round, and we'll see what happens. But for Ronda, I think her game plan is easier in that if she does close the distance, she will um, – She'll get, she'll get the takedown, um, and then when she's on the ground, you know, I really think it's only a matter of time. I think that Ronda has a very strong advantage on the ground, and I don't see Kaufman staying out of that armbar that whole time. Right. I agree. Now, with regard to your fight, is there anything concerns you about uh, Julie? No, nothing that concerns me about Julie. I've been really familiar with her for a long time. She's been around this sport, too, mm-hmm. and... You know, even longer than I have, but I do know what I do know that's good about Julie or going to be a, a challenge is that she knows how to stay in a fight. Like she knows how to be in there with the best in the world and go all three rounds and hang in there. Whether she's winning or losing, she's she knows how to stay in the game. You know, she's 
I really think that Julia probably is one of the toughest girls in the division to finish. She doesn't, you know, she hasn't been finished much, and she has a lot of decisions on her record. That's because she kind of, she knows how to null and void people. She knows how to do, you know, do enough and, and stay out of the way of harm. You know, she's been around it long enough that she's, she's good at that. She, she, she knows how to stay out of trouble, and that's hard to... I think she's going to be difficult to finish, but I want to be one of the few people to to actually finish Julie, because I think it'll wow. make a statement. You're looking for maybe uh, a knockout or submission? Is that your goal? Yeah, you know, Julie's got a really good chin, too, you know, and she always comes in great shape, and she's ready to push the pace, so I have to be, I think my biggest key to victory is not getting frustrated or, you know, feeling like, man, you know, I'm just beating the crap out of this girl, or I'm hitting her hard, or whatever else, and she's just, she's just unfazed by it, you know, I have to expect that from Julie, because that's what she does in every fight, like, if you watch her when she fought Gina Carano, she had a, um, a big size disadvantage, you know, and she still, she took on um, Gina, and she went out there, and she fought her all three rounds, and it was pretty amazing to see her get knocked around by Gina, but Gina wasn't able to finish her, not even close. You know, she dropped her a few times, but Julie popped right back up. She's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm still right here, you know, and, and that could be frustrating. You know, if you're hitting someone with everything you've got and they're, you know, you're winning, but you just can't do enough to finish them, you know, I realize that that could be challenging mentally, you know, in the fight, but I'm, I'm very prepared for that, and uh, I, I want to get to finish as, as much as possible. But again, I, I have a lot of respect for Julie and how long she's been doing this, and I know that she's not going to go down without a fight. It's got everything, all the ingredients of an exciting fight, and I think fight fans are, are going to be very entertained, and it, it's exciting. I mean, I'm looking forward to it more than um, the Ronda Rousey Sarah Kaufman fight. I think a lot of fans are, because in a lot of people's minds, it's impressive how quickly you, you've come back since that. I think people are going to are curious to, to see in, in what kind of shape you're in. And I think they're all going to be pleasantly surprised that, that you're in it to win it. You know, the sky's the limit. I'm looking forward to that possibility of that second rematch with, with you and Rhonda. And I think the, the entire world is, and uh, I can't wait if it does happen. Is there something about you that we don't know that you could share or want to share? Well, I wish I had more time to think about these. These are really good questions, actually. Um, <laughs> Something that we don't know about me. I mean, that you can share. I mean, we know that you're great at baking and decorating cakes and cupcakes and all that. We just found out that that you have a huge collection of shoes. (laughs) And uh, yeah, one other thing, um, I I like to draw quite a bit when I get the chance to. Um, I'm actually pretty good at drawing. I'm a realistic artist, which means I don't do, like, cartoon figures or things like that. I like to draw very real, um, very real pictures. I just drew not too long ago a picture of Brian and and myself. It was a picture from Cinco de Mayo. Uh Um, And it came out really, really cool. And uh, I've I've drawn portraits and things like that. So when I get the chance, it's definitely a way that I like to unwind. But uh, I'm very particular in what I like to draw. Usually I like to draw people. Um, and I, I don't, I have to be inspired by whatever it is. Whatever I'm looking at, I have to feel some kind of, like, emotional connection that I want to recreate this in my own, you know, my own, uh, way, my own art form. And if I don't feel that way, then, um, you know, it's an easy way to get burnt out. I took art in high school, and it kind of, 
burnt me out because we had to draw things that I, I didn't want to draw or, you know, I, I wasn't feeling like doing these assignments. I did them because I had to. And for a couple of years, I kind of, I didn't really draw for a while after that because I was like so burnt out on it. But I've actually been coming back into it and um, enjoying it again. And, and it's really fun. I'd actually like to start drawing pictures of MMA fighters, you know, wow. you know Randy and some of the legends uh-huh. and things like that. And, and uh, getting him to sign it and, and I to sign it would be kind of a cool collection, I think. Absolutely awesome. What do you listen to when you're, when you're working out or when you're going for a run? Usually enough, I don't listen to music usually when I run or whatnot. Um, because I guess, um, you know, I think a lot of people like to take themselves somewhere else mentally, you know, when they're running and it's really hard and whatnot, or they use some music to motivate themselves. Well, I kind of... Um, train myself to to motivate myself um, through like the actual toughness of the workout you know and I do a lot of visualization so I like to keep myself in the moment I like to you know to um, experience you know the difficulty of it and and I battle myself you know literally I, I literally pretty much have guns blazing in my head a, a war like going on of like am I gonna have to slow down or, or am I gonna keep this pace or am I gonna have to quit or can I make it and yes I can make it or you know oh, I have to slow down no you're not gonna slow down you know like literally I battle myself because I push myself really hard when I'm running to the point where I think that I'm not gonna make it I think I'm not gonna make you know the, the, the five minute marker because I'm running so fast you know um that I don't, you know, I think I'm going to have to slow down or I'm going to have to break and another minute goes by and another minute goes by and I just keep telling myself, you can't break now, you can't break now, you know, this this is where the fighting, you know, this is where you win the fight where both of you are tired but you're the one who's willing to push it, you know, and then not break. And so I I don't listen to a lot of music when I work out but um, I do listen to a lot of music when I clean my room because that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it makes cleaning a lot more enjoyable. So when I do like to listen to music, um, one of my favorite artists is Seal. Uh-huh. I love his music. I'm a very lyrically driven music person. I like stuff with a lot of uh, meaning behind it. I love Alanis, Alanis Morissette. I love uh, Sarah McLaughlin. Um, even some of Christina Aguilera's music. Um, who else is some of my favorite artists? Um, I used to like Matchbox 20. Uh-huh. Uh, I like Linkin Park a lot. Um, you know, those are all... Uh, people that I've I've listened to for a long time and still still my favorites. Wow, very cool. And are you a beer drinker or a wine drinker? Both. Both. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. It depends on the day and, and what I'm kind of going for. You know, I love wine because it gives me a very mellow buzz and I don't feel very bloated. But as far you know, as far as flavor goes, I actually like beer a lot more. Um, some days, like a hot summer day, just a cold beer. There's like pretty much nothing that sounds better. I'm a big fan of the red beers. Uh-huh. I like to mix the tomato juice and lime and salt and pepper, and um, that's usually my drink of choice when I go and float the river. Uh-huh. I'll get the red beers and make them up and, uh, you know, drink them as we float down the river, and, and that's one of my favorite things. So, Awesome, Misha. Thank you so much for, for taking time out of your schedule. If you guys are on Twitter, please make sure you give Misha a follow, and she's at twitter.com slash Misha Tate, and do not miss her fight August 18th on Showtime. Misha, thank you so much for hanging out, and we look forward to you kicking ass on the 18th. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, thank you for having me on the show, and thank you to my teammates, um, my sponsors, um, Toyo Tires. I love being a part of their, their team, um, and uh, Vitresca Financial Group has been an awesome 
people to work with. I love that. And um, I'm, I, I'm also working on um, becoming a part of uh, Autism Speaks. You know, and it's in the works right now, but, um, you know, I feel pretty strongly towards autism. Uh, I live in a household where there's an autistic son, mm-hmm. and, uh, they're, you know, it, they're really pretty amazing individuals. Um, there's actually a lot you can learn from them, and so I'm, I'm hoping to be able to um, dedicate this fight towards autism awareness. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm pushing for that to be put together, um, you know, and, and possibly even donating a percentage of my... Um, fight first towards, you know, towards that cause, because I do feel strongly about it, and um, if you guys can all just give me a follow, like you said, uh, on my Twitter, it's M-I-E, so uh, make sure you spell it right, uh-huh. and uh, gosh, other than that, oh, and you have to watch my fight, because it's on my birthday, so that's the least you guys can do, if you guys are fans of mine, that's all I ask for my birthday present, is just a little support. Absolutely, and um, everyone is going to go out there, they're going to follow you on Twitter, they're going to watch the fight. And is, is there a, a website that um, they can go on, maybe your website, to learn more about the different projects like, like autism and all these things that you're working on that uh, people can stay up to date? Or is Twitter the best way to, to stay on top of that with you? I think Twitter right now is the best way, but I am really working towards getting my website launched. It's been kind of a fiasco, but I think that uh, I finally have it nailed. I'm working with someone who's awesome and, and really... Uh, understands, you know, what I need, because I can't run my website, I'm too busy for it, and I need something that doesn't have a lot of commitment, I just need someone who can go and run it, and not need a lot from me, and that's been an issue in the past, but um, I'm really excited and looking forward, hopefully shortly after my fight, I'll have my website up and running, and I'm definitely going to have some links to um, all the uh, the groups that I want to uh, be a part of that I feel strongly about. You know, the youth anti-bullying group that Brian's a part of, StandByMe.com, is also a wonderful program. Um, you know, I'm a strong advocate um, for, you know, uh, kids, kids cancer, like that kind of, those are kinds sure. of things that I really feel strongly about. Um, uh, my grandpa is also, you know, he's suffering from prostate cancer, yeah. and it's been a really tough battle watching him go through that. So cancer is a, something that hits close to home. My grandmother had breast cancer, you know, those kinds of things. It's just a really terrible thing, and those kinds of people I know need a lot of support. So I want to be able to um, give what I can towards supporting them and, and you know, making that fight. Because I know, you know, I've hit rock bottom. I've never been in that situation, but I know it's got to be tough day in and day out. So always looking to support those kinds of people, um, give them a strong mindset and some hope. So uh, absolutely, um, I'm really hoping to get my website up and running soon. And, and I guess that's it for now. Please watch my fight, and uh, thank you, guys. Fantastic. Thank you, Misha. All the best, and uh, I know you're going to bring a, a win back August 18th. I appreciate it. And there you have it. That was my interview with WMMA superstar Misha Tate, who has her comeback fight. August 18th on Showtime. So you make sure you go out there and check it out. That's uh, August 18th on Showtime on the undercard of Rousey versus Kaufman. And uh, like we said before, give make sure you give Misha a follow at twitter.com slash Misha Tate. You can give me a follow at twitter.com slash Robert Aguilar. And Aguilar spelled A-G-U-I-L-A-R. Or give us a follow on Facebook at facebook.com slash Rob Aguilar Radio. Thank you for all for hanging out, and uh, we look forward to more exciting interviews with other superstars of boxing and WMMA. Muchas gracias.
and I'll see you all in the promised land.